Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Let's Sleep On It, Reclaiming Parenthood, the podcast. And I'm your host, Taylor Kulik, a sleep and well-being specialist and occupational therapist. My mission with this podcast is to examine the parenting narratives that dominate our culture and grow together as parents. Here, we will talk about biological infant sleep, as well as many other parenting-related topics. And you'll also hear real empowering journeys from parents who are parenting against the grain. I hope that you walk away from each episode feeling inspired, empowered, and supported. Please remember that none of the information shared in this podcast is medical advice, and you should always speak with a trusted healthcare provider if you have any concerns. Let's dive into today's episode. So I have been searching for a clean electrolyte company that I love for a really long time, and I just hadn't found anything that I liked, that I enjoyed the taste of, that I felt good about the ingredients, until I found Element. And I actually got a sample from somebody, and I was instantly hooked. They have really good flavors. They're actually tasty. Like, I enjoy drinking them, whereas other brands that I've tried in the past I really haven't enjoyed. And you can just put them straight into your water, um, and they're so good. So they have salt, magnesium, and potassium potassium in them. And a lot of people don't realize how important electrolytes are for true hydration. A lot of us are chugging water because we're being told that we need more water, but we don't, we're not drinking the electrolytes that we need to actually hydrate our bodies. And so Element is a great choice. They also make seasonal chocolate flavors that are really good as like a hot chocolate. And you can put them in your coffee if you want, or just with hot water and like milk or just plain. I like to drink them plain. I love Element. I have at least one pack a day. Electrolytes are so important, especially for pregnancy and breastfeeding. So if you're lacking your electrolytes, give Element a try. You can use my link, Drink Element. It's drinklmnt.com slash Taylor K. And you will get a free gift with your purchase, which is a sample pack. So you can try all of the flavors. Again, that's drinklmnt.com slash Taylor K. Hello, hello, everyone. Um, I apologize in advance. I don't know if you can tell, but I am getting over a little cold, um, so I'm a little congested, and I think my voice sounds funny, but maybe I feel like we're all a little more critical of our own voice than other people are, so maybe y'all don't even notice. Uh, But today, I want to briefly just talk about an issue that I'm seeing, that I've seen in the years that I've been doing this in the years that I've been educating on what sleep training is and how babies are meant to sleep. Um, And that is that there are people, most of the time they are sleep trainers or people who are promoting sleep training methods who will use specific types of studies um, to justify their sleep training methods and say, this study shows that sleep training is important. And the problem is, is that these studies don't actually have anything to do with sleep training. And so usually these studies are studies that demonstrate that sleep is important for infants. Um, It's important for cognition and development and things like this. Um, And so a lot of times people will take these studies and say, studies show that sleep trained babies have better developmental outcomes or better cognition outcomes. And then they'll link these studies. And the problem is, is that when you go read these studies, they have nothing to do with sleep training. They are literally just about infants sleeping, whether they get 
enough sleep or whether they are sleep deprived. And in fact, when you dive into these studies, most of the time we don't even really know whether the parents have sleep trained these babies or not. It is simply about getting enough sleep. And so this is a huge problem because, and I think that people should be aware of this, and this is true of so many different topics, um, but especially when we're, we're talking about sleep training, people will use research and um, extrapolate conclusions that the studies aren't actually making in order to fit their narrative, in order to fit the thing, the service, the strategy, the product that they are trying to market for or educate on or advocate for. Um, And so just an example, one of the studies that I have seen this happen with, I've seen a sleep trainer or two use this study and say, this study proves that sleep training is beneficial, basically. Um, So I'm going to talk about it a little bit. This study is called, it's actually a review. It's called Infant Sleep and Its Relation with Cognition and Growth, a Narrative Review. Um, It's by E.K. Tham Tham, and N. Schneider and B.F. Brokman. It was published in, where was it published? The Nature and Science of Sleep in 2016. Um, And so basically, it was a literature review. They, they reviewed 10 studies on infant sleep and cognition. And overall, the findings indicated a positive association between sleep, memory, language, executive function, and overall cognitive development in typically developing infants and young children. An additional 20 studies support the positive role of infant sleep in physical growth, with the current literature focusing largely on weight gain and obesity rather than healthy growth. Um, it's a, they say that in existing evidence in both the domains is mainly based on cross-sectional designs, on association studies, and on parental reports. In contrast, there were limited studies on longitudinal sleep tra- trajectories and intervention effects, or studies have not used more objective sleep measures such as actigraphy and polysomnography. So their conclusion was that the reviewed studies support a critical and positive role of infant sleep in cognition and physical growth. We know this, right? Future studies should consider key environmental and parental confounders, including a combination of more objective measures like actigraphy and subjective measures like sleep diaries and questionnaires, and move towards longitudinal trajectory designs of infant sleep and development. Okay, so what does this review really show? It shows that sleep is important. It shows that infants need sleep for their physical growth and for their cognition and for their memory. We know this. This is not just true of infants. This is true of every human. And we have plenty of science and research to support this. Everybody knows that sleep is important, right? Of course we know that because if we didn't know that, nobody would care about sleep training. Nobody would be saying that moms need to sleep train because their sleep matters and their mental health matters and they need sleep for their mental health and well-being, right? Nobody would be saying that if there was a question that people humans need sleep. We know humans need sleep. The problem is that this study, this review rather, has absolutely nothing to do with sleep training. It has to do with quantity of sleep. It has to do with whether infants are getting enough sleep. It has to do with how much sleep they are getting. In fact, we don't even know if these babies, in most of these studies, if these babies were sleep trained or not. So it doesn't have to do with sleep training. And it's a problem when people who want to market their products or services take research and 
extrapolate conclusions that aren't actually there, that the study isn't actually showing or demonstrating or proving, and kind of twist it and make it fit their narrative because a lot of parents won't go read that research. And some people are not really, they don't, they're not really comfortable reading and analyzing and appraising research. Um, But most parents won't go and read that research and they will just take what is being said at face value and not question it. And so if, if you hear somebody who is promoting their course say, this study shows that sleep trained babies get more sleep, you're going to be like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should sleep train my baby. But when you go and read the review, it's actually not about sleep training at all. Or sorry, sleep. If, if the person says sleep training, sleep train babies do better, have better developmental outcomes or whatever. Sorry. Um, but that's not what those, that's not the, what the review said. The review is just showing that babies who get enough sleep have better developmental outcomes. And so let's talk about more of the problems with using these type of studies that aren't actually about sleep training to justify and market for sleep training. Um, So again, yes, we absolutely know how important sleep is. It's important for cognition and growth and memory and overall development. But it's really misleading to imply that these studies are about sleep training. It also implies that The only way for a baby to get enough sleep is by sleep training them. And that is just not true. There are many ways that babies can get enough sleep, that babies can get an adequate amount of sleep. And one of the problems is that right now, most people, at least in Western culture, most people have been made to to believe um, that babies shouldn't be waking through the night. And so we have parents out there that believe that if their baby is waking at night, they are not getting enough sleep. And so they see this claim, they see this research being kind of twisted in order to promote sleep training, and they get nervous, they get anxious because they think, well, my baby's waking at night, so that means my baby's going to be sleep deprived. So that means my baby is going to have poor developmental outcomes and um, cognitive outcomes and things like this. And that is just not true. That's so simplistic. We have to understand that babies are not meant to sleep like adults. Babies are meant to be wakeful. Just because a baby is waking at night does not mean that they are sleep deprived. It does not mean that they are not getting enough sleep, okay? So that's a huge problem with taking this research about how important sleep is for babies and kind of twisting it to make it about sleep training. Babies are meant to wake and babies can wake and feed throughout the night and be supported by their parents to get to sleep and they can still be getting enough sleep for their development. So that's really important to understand. Um, there, there are lots of ways to improve a baby's sleep. So if a baby is, is, um, not maybe getting quite as much sleep as they need, which most babies are, most babies are getting enough sleep, even when they're waking and feeding and going back to sleep, they are getting enough sleep. But sometimes babies have true issues that are impacting their sleep impacting their quality of sleep, and impacting their duration of sleep. It could be a medical issue. It could be health-related. It could be environmental, nutrition, whatever it may be. There are lots of factors involved. But the issue is that if a baby has true sleep issues and is truly sleep-deprived, which, yes, a parent would would want to address true sleep deprivation in their baby, but the issue is that sleep training isn't actually going to address those issues. So if, if parents believe their baby is actually sleep deprived, 
if their baby is showing signs of sleep deprivation, those parents need support to get to the root cause of the sleep issue, figure out what is causing that baby to not sleep well. And then they need to address that root issue. But sleep training does not do that. Now, again, I really want to emphasize that most babies are getting enough sleep even when they're waking at night. Many families bed share with their babies and those babies basically sleep through the night. Um, I consider just really just waking a little bit, um, latching, nursing for a few minutes and going right back to sleep. That's sleeping through the night in my opinion. That baby isn't waking and crying and screaming. That baby isn't up for you know 30 minutes at night. Um, those babies are sleeping through the night. And even if your baby isn't sleeping through the night, it's still very likely that they're getting enough sleep. Um, so this idea that in order for our babies to get enough sleep, we have to sleep train them is just wrong. Lots of babies are getting enough sleep without any sleep training and training at all. And sleep training is a pretty relatively new, new phenomenon. Like it's a new strategy, you know, within the last couple of hundred years have, do we think babies who weren't, who weren't sleep trained since the beginning of the time, all of them were just sleep deprived? Like, no, that's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, you can tell if your child is sleep deprived. I think a lot of parents worry and have concerns that their child isn't getting enough sleep. And sometimes those are very real and very valid concerns and there is reason to be concerned. But most of the time, there isn't. Most of the time, your baby is getting enough sleep. And it's your – because of the, the sleep training messaging that we are receiving, we are just constantly anxious and fearful about our child's sleep. There's It's creating problems that don't actually exist. If your child is generally in a good mood and seems well-rested and plays during the day, then your baby is likely getting all the sleep that they need. And that amount of sleep can look so different from child to child, okay? So some babies need a lot of sleep. Some babies are going to need, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 hours in a 24-hour period. And other babies might need 11, 12, 13 hours in a 24-hour period. Um, I have a highlight on my Instagram account called Sleep Totals. Um, If you are concerned about whether your child is getting enough sleep or how much sleep children need, Go look at that highlight because I talk a lot about the wide range of sleep totals for babies and how much sleep they actually need because it really does vary so much. A lot of times parents who have maybe low sleep needs babies will see like the the quote unquote ideal sleep schedules online and their baby doesn't align with those schedules. And so they get concerned that their baby, because their baby isn't sleeping as much as those schedules say they should be, then they're doing something wrong or their baby must be sleep deprived. And that's just often not true. So don't be concerned about that. Um, that, and again, I already said this, but in these studies, I'm not going to dive into all of the studies within this review. But in most of these studies, we don't actually know whether these babies have been sleep trained or not because the studies aren't about sleep training. And so they're not asking whether the babies have been sleep trained. Um, the one I didn't look at all of the studies, but I looked at a lot of them. And it doesn't appear that they really distinguish between sleep trained b- babies versus non-sleep trained babies. And the other thing, even if they did, the definition of what sleep training is varies so much from person to person anyways. It would be really hard to 
to determine whether, you know, like there, there, it's not about a specific sleep training method. So, you know, somebody could say they sleep train their baby just by like watching their wake windows. And then somebody else could have done like full on cried out extinction method. And those would both be counted as sleep training. But most of the studies from what I can see do not distinguish between sleep trained babies versus non-sleep trained babies. And again, I'm talking very specifically about this review right now um, and about research that shows that sleep is important for babies. There there are sleep training studies out there. If y'all are interested in that, I can create some podcast episodes going over and appraising each of those, um, some of those studies. But right now I'm not talking about those studies. So um, why that's important, we don't know if they're sleep trained or not. And why that's important is because other studies have demonstrated that babies who are sleep trained often wake around the same amount of times as babies who aren't sleep trained. But the parents wake less. The parents of the sleep trained babies wake less. And this is likely because babies who are sleep trained don't signal as much as the babies who aren't sleep trained because that's effectively what sleep training is. It's, it's te- non-responsive sleep training. It's teaching babies not to signal. And this is one of the reasons that using parental report in these types of studies, which is what most of them are, parental report is so is so um, not very accurate. Because if a parent isn't waking they, and they don't know their child woke up, it doesn't mean their child didn't wake or had better quality of sleep than another child. It's just that they didn't wake up. The, the parent didn't wake up and their child could have woken up, but they didn't signal. So it's just very inaccurate. And most of these studies use parental report. Um, and then the outcomes of these studies in this review. So what are they even measuring to draw these conclusions? One of the studies showed that higher percentages of parents reported night sleep at 12 and 18 months of age. Again, it's parent reported. That's really important to know because parent report, especially in terms of sleep, is very inaccurate. Um, So higher percentages of parent reported night sleep at 12 and 18 months of age was significantly associated with better executive functioning performance at 26 months of age, especially performance related to impulse control tasks. Okay, we're talking about a 26-month-old. That's a two-year-old, just like a barely two-year-old. At 26 months old, children do most children do not have developed impulse control. It is totally developmentally appropriate and normal for a 26-month-old to really struggle with impulse control, yet this is the outcome being measured. So I think it's worth it to wonder if those babies that have better nighttime sleep as reported by their parents, are some of them or all of them sleep trained? Is it possible that this has contributed to the appearance of impulse control in any way? I'm not saying yes or no. I am not making um, a claim here. These are just questions when you're appraising research that are important to ask. Some of these studies have problems, and I have some questions about them. Why are we measuring impulse control as an outcome measure for a 26-month-old? It's really not an appropriate outcome measure, okay? Um, So a few other points is that uh, most of these studies are not longitudinal, meaning long-term studies. They're very short-term. So it's very hard to get adequate outcomes when we're just studying um, studying so such short periods of time. There also doesn't appear to be any outcome studied related to attachment or mental health. So they really focus on development, um, like physical development, like milestones, and cognition. Um, so I, I wonder, you know, why we're missing like mental health and attachment outcomes because those are important too. 
And then some of the limitations actually mentioned in the review are that some studies didn't control for confounding variables like socioeconomic status, maternal mental health, et cetera. And that could explain some differences in uh, cognition-related findings. This study also excluded studies on sleep disorders, which is really interesting. But we know that sleep-disordered breathing symptoms have been shown to lead to differences in cognitive outcomes, and these are underdiagnosed and underaddressed. So this this is kind of similar to like, we don't know whether these babies were sleep-trained or not. We don't know whether some of these babies had sleep-related disorders. Um, a lot of times when babies have sleep-disordered breathing, for example, it can impact behavior, it can impact cognition, it can impact development, um, but it also impacts sleep. So it would make sense. You know, it's it's kind of like which came first, the chicken or the egg type of thing. Is it that, is it that, of course, sleep is important, but is it that the lack of sleep is the root cause of all of these issues? Or is it that the sleep disorder or sleep disordered breathing, mouth breathing issues, airway blocks, et cetera, et cetera, is it that that's the root cause and that's impacting sleep and thus impacting behavior and cognition and development and all of this. So it's very complicated. And these studies often really simplify the issue. And they just totally excluded any studies on sleep disorders. So we don't even have that information to reflect on. Okay, so that's all I have to say about it. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to dive into each individual study. This is just kind of my thought process as I look at research, appraise research. I, I always try not to take claims that people are making about research at face value. I like to read the research myself because you will often find that the claims people are making from research is not what the study was actually about or they did not draw that that claim or understanding or whatever in their conclusion. Um, and yeah, so these sleep trainers are taking these studies that basically show sleep is important, which we all know, and drawing the extrapolating this conclusion that that means sleep training is beneficial and important and that is not at all what these studies are saying we can look into actual sleep training research and they use those studies as well but i'm specifically talking about sleep trainers who use the sleep are important studies um and that's so that's so misleading it's just so misleading and i think deceitful to misinterpret research in that way and present that present that as like a concrete claim to your audience to promote your product. Um, but yeah, let me know if you want, if you like this, and I can certainly kind of walk you through my thought process of appraising other pieces of research as well, because especially within sleep training research, there are lots of issues with sleep training research, um, lots of issues with making definitive claims from sleep training research. So let me know what you think. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and leave a review if you feel called to. It really helps our message reach more parents. You can also follow me on Instagram at Taylor Kulik for similar content or visit my website at www.taylorkulik.com. I offer online courses where we really dive into infant and toddler sleep holistically. And we also offer one-to-one holistic sleep support services if you're looking to improve your child's sleep or shift patterns without sleep training. If you know a parent who would benefit from this podcast, please share. And if you'd like to financially support this podcast to allow me to create more episodes more often, you can visit anchor.fm slash Taylor I hope you'll join me next time.